Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And here with the the blah, blah, blah. (gasps) Uh, What? Dang, the blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I got some time. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Take two. Take two. (laughs) I'm just a blah, 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 blah. Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Ed Smythe. What's up, Ed? How you doing? Hi, Sam. Hi, Athena. Uh, I'm hanging out with you two California dudes. Can I call you dudes? Hell yeah. Heck yeah, you can. Uh, you gotta, only, if you, only if you hang 10. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Uh, I, I, I uh, I had so I used to have a, where I worked my in the past former consulting life uh, California colleagues uh, and uh, one time I said well you know we're talking about breaking for lunch and I said well I just usually like the nosh and they go what's that <laughs> oh you know what's funny is there was actually a uh, a little cafe uh, by my old work called Top Nosh. Oh, yeah? And okay. I was like, what well, they, the heck are they talking about? They had no clue. And I realized, oh, oh yeah, that's, had, more, that's, had, a, that's a New York uh, slang, uh, kind of a modified uh, Hebrew. Yeah. For, you know, and I said, you know, eat, you eat little, you know, you kind of eat as you go along. You, you nosh. You nosh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. So how's life out in the, the Big Apple? Uh, well, yeah, depends where you want to go with that, but, uh, it's <laughs> getting cold and, uh, uh, you know, things are pretty much opened up now over the past eight to nine months with the pandemic. Uh, so starting to see regular, uh, crowds, uh, and of course, long open mic lists. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nice for a while. You know, actually the toughest part was. Uh, just getting back out there again because for a long time doing zoom mics and zoom shows it was so damn convenient yeah yeah just sit on your couch and you go well it's 507 yeah yeah i think i'll do an open mic (laughs) (laughs) no it's true and then uh so for like almost a year we were kind of like one foot in one foot out because it was still like kind of covid it was still kind of like scary out there and and so we were still like a little apprehensive about like fully putting ourselves back out into the world oh yeah yeah and because of the convenience of it is uh it's been hard to shake loose for a long time and the convenience is great yeah i gotta go to open mic but that means i gotta get dressed (laughs) i have to actually put pants on for comedy now (laughs) i have to actually wear pants for comedy yeah yeah i gotta wear pants yeah <laughs> but it's surprising to see that there are a couple of different folks that are still uh pushing on the zoom side oh yeah you're yeah with, yeah um, you're familiar with uh plausible no not at all actually uh so woman her name is uh leanne linsky she's got a uh if you call it an online network or an online channel uh plausible and uh Okay. It's all just all Zoom. Well, it's it's a Zoom like format. It's actually a different platform, but um, that's where it's 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 just like Zoom mics and and Zoom shows. But it, I'll be with a slightly different platform, and uh, and I can see what she's trying to do is push it to uh, to get to the point where maybe she can 
merge with someone else or sell the concept outright. Okay. Okay. Wow. So yeah, so that's happening. And that's uh, cool. what did I say about Zooms, Zoom and merging? Um, I forget what it was. Oh, I know <laughs> that actually one of the interesting things. Have you guys? Did you guys do other type of um, um, digital mics or shows apart from Zoom? I did a few other kinds, but I didn't do anything like virtual reality or anything. But I did do like uh, other platforms. Yeah, there was one interesting one that the gamers use, and I can't think of it now. Do you, you're familiar? Oh, with that? it's probably failure uh, to render. No, it's probably Yard Streamyard. Is that? Ah, uh, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. And that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. In part because um, I, where I use my phone, um, the image is reverse. So every time you think you're moving right, your image starts moving left. So it <laughs> oh, takes so a while. Zoom, <laughs> Zoom does that too, but you can turn it on and off. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I've done... Um, What's the, uh, is there a Google one, a Google-based one that, that you do? Oh, that, my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there is, like Google. Yeah, uh, yeah. Teams, so I think I've done about, yeah, I think I've done about, say, four different types of formats. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's not like I, I, I looked for them, just that, you know, people would say, hey, we're doing the wacky mic, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's and it's on the different type of channel instead of Zoom. Wow. Yeah, and I could see yeah. during the, because during the pandemic, like, I mean, I want to get into other stuff too, but during the pandemic, you were definitely um, like, I want to say a breath of fresh air because you were not oh. the typical, uh, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline. Yeah. You were a completely different beast. Like this whole, sure. the, your, um, your comedy was completely different and it was just so much fun. Like you do uh, Oog, Son of Og, I could probably have those... Yep. Those sounds wrong. That was my favorite. No, no that's that exactly my... right. Son of Og, thirty thousand BC. That was my absolute <laughs> favorite, and you could do an entire ten minute set and not say a word. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, it's fun doing that. You know what? I, uh, uh, in general, is um, I, I think of the Zoom mics as just a miniature TV studio. That's yeah, all it is. That's smart. Yeah. So you're just playing to the camera as much as you would if you were in a regular studio, and they're doing a. Um, you know, like it's like a t- close in shot or a mid shot, you know, from chest high. Do you, same way. So, do you have TV experience? Um, not necessarily. I, I, my undergraduate uh, degree I did in uh, communication. So I had okay. some com- comfort familiarity with radio and TV. It's just more of a conceptual thing, you know, like, you know, conversely, the people that struggled the most on Zoom shows were people that tried to do crowd work. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. They work, you know, or the someone is they don't even have a real microphone in their hand, but they're going. So how many people here are married? And, you know, of course, <laughs> the little boxes are just looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to volunteer? <laughs> You're thousands of miles away. <laughs> so, is- yeah, so that's the way just uh, treating it as a uh, just, you know, this, this it's, it's a little TV studio. That's all. And so. If it's fun and it's practical to be as visual as possible to get across that little screen. Wow. But you started off not on Zoom. You started off on stage. Like, so how did you go from, how did you translate from on stage to like from your home studio? Uh, well, if you remember when the pandemic hit in earnest by and everything shut down by March of 2020, um, at that point, as everyone stopped doing live events and the first 
rudimentary things that I got in, that I got involved with, which you may have as well, is people were asking to submit uh, a pre-recorded video, and yeah, then okay. they would tee it up and then play it live at a certain time of the night. So what you were watching is, in effect, is a kind of a modified YouTube uh, uh, playlist. Yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah, and I remember one time someone did it that he acted like the host, where he would introduce the next act, and then he'd play the video, and then he'd come back, introduce the next act, and so on. So it was kind of clunky and rudimentary. But the first couple of Zoom mics actually started, I think I did the first one like in late April 2020. And um, it wasn't too hard to adjust. Again, just thinking, that, in fact, what you're seeing here is my little mini studio. That's how I got involved. See, I got my little whiteboard here, you know, so, and then, uh, and then I've got, uh, see, behind the scenes. Do you want to see behind the scenes? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is a only audio podcast, but we would like to. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll show you. So what I'll describe to the audience is, if I'm turning my camera around, you see I've got my little tripod set up here. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I have a I have a timer here. There's my timer, and uh, oh. uh, I got kind of a a very a basic uh, bounce light. You know, you know, like lighting professionals use an umbrella. So yeah. what I have is a desk light, and uh, it's this is quarter inch foam insulation, but that provides enough warm light so when it reflects on my face, you get a pretty good light coverage all the way. Yeah, around. absolutely, and it doesn't it, right because like very a soft. lot of a lot of people use ring lights. But that just kind of like lights yeah. up one place to your one part of your face. It does, and if you watch closely, you can see the little rings in their eye. In their yeah, <laughs> or in their glasses. Yeah, you're right. Yes, exactly. Right, right. That's really cool. That's really smart setup you have there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's just a way of, of of adjusting to the Zoom world. The other fun one is I just discovered recently. <laughs> I had Ted the impressionist do it. Is I realized you can play with the boxes. Although I tried it, I don't know if people either thought it was too too cute to be hip or they just weren't getting it but i was i was trying to do things where um like i tried to do a set like this sideways (laughs) (laughs) nothing was happening i just didn't know if people going what or they thought maybe i was tilting the camera but i have fun doing it the other is um you're familiar with the old world war ii graffiti kilroy was here yes Oh, great. So I do my Zoom version of that. You haven't seen that. There's I don't think version. so. I don't believe so. Kilroy was here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun playing around with the camera. That is really cool. That is really cool. Um, you had a lot of things that were that were absolutely fabulous, but do you have any, like, experiments that you did that were, like, failures? Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody worth their salt is, a, you know, any kind of creative endeavor is you're going to experiment and do things that aren't going to work out i uh i tried one thing i think it twice um what was it called one chord jake i was at an open mic and i was watching somebody that was playing the guitar and like doing a folk music but so rudimentary he played only like one or two chords like and everything he was singing was just one or two chords so i thought what if i took it to the next level and i just have one chord jake <laughs> in fact I, I can pull out the guitar here because we're we're audio right yes yep. we are it doesn't matter yeah so i don't mind being out of screen for the moment so one chord jake is he sings he sings he goes uh and now i'd like to sing a heavy metal song for you 
Uh, yeah, um, one eye open, one eye closed. <laughs> now I'd like to do a country and western song for you. Oh, I walk the line. So that was that kind of thing, no matter what it was. Oh, and I'll, now I'd like to do some punk for you. Beat on the brat, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with the baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> but great. Just, oh, I appreciate that you think so. It, it just did not go over. Yeah. People look at you like, why is he so bad? <laughs> Does he know he's bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a there's a certain technique. You know, Steve Martin said that um, you have to be you have to be a strong performer in order to play stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. So I suppose perhaps because you know if you play it too broad, people will see through it. They'll see through through the facade, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. So you have to play stupid just enough where it's clever, but it's still dumb. You You have to be smart about being dumb. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like Jim Carrey and doing a Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's a good example. That is a good example. So so that's one example. Um, Probably there's a, a handful of others where things I experimented with. But, oh, I know. I tried one time early and during the Zoom. The phase there during the pandemic doing a PD the porch pirate. Or <laughs> 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 I have my little pirate hat. <laughs> it's time for me to steal some packages from your porch, don't you know? <laughs> that was probably just too real for people. Yeah, they're like that was like the most hated. <laughs> that was such a that was such a problem, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was probably yeah. just too real. Like, oh, it was that motherfucker that stole my package. <laughs> but, but as you as you two have probably experienced as much as well, it's really hard to discern responses from a just in a from a Zoom format. Yeah. Yeah, so it really when, is. When you don't hear anything, you don't know are people bored, tired, confused, angry? It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And then like so, half the time oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so after, you know, after one or two attempts, if I'm not hearing any response at all, I'm thinking, nah, I, I, I'm going to just drop this. Because you got to yeah. at least get a chuckle or a guffaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I was going to say, like, half the time these audiences on Zoom have their cameras off, but, like, they're laughing their asses off. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, I said half the time they have their cameras, their, their, their mics and their cameras off, but they're, like, oh, yeah. laughing, but we just don't know. Oh, yeah. Which is even worse. Although there was yeah, there was actually one Zoom mic I did. Let me let me set the tone here, the context. Where who was it? Oh, it was the woman who was also an employee at a Florida TV station. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. I mean, I might, but I don't think I know. Russian descent. Her parents. Yes, were, I do know. Yes, uh, yes, I do. Talking about yeah. She set the rule that she did not want anyone to turn on their camera until they were introduced. Oh, interesting. Wow. I did her show a few times. I don't remember that, but that's interesting. Right, right. And I guess if she explained it, she didn't want uh, the pe- other people to be a distraction. Mm. So, yeah. So then that was the interesting. So everyone's camera was supposed to be off. And then uh, obviously there's been the, the other side of it 
where the host demands that people leave their camera and their mm -hmm. uh, sound on. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I did one time I did a mic for someone who is out your way in California. And it was like a it was like a Monday mic. And it was really interesting. I signed on because she offered up to 15 minute slots, wow. which were great for an open mic. Yeah, but absolutely. She was hypercritical and demanding about you always leaving your camera on. There was a, a, a there was some points where I was trying to fuss around and change something. Maybe I was putting something on the board and uh, I turned my camera off and she's texting going, it is very unprofessional and rude to leave your wow. camera on. Oh, dang. <laughs> I could see you being a distraction, like you specifically being a distraction with your camera off on when you're not right. performing because you have the costume and, you know, the, the whiteboard behind you. So people are going, what is this caveman doing <laughs> being in the audience of the show? Uh, right. So I, I had one time someone who's a well-known um, Zoom host. So I guess I'll be courteous to leave his name off. But he was he was upset and concerned that I kept leaving my camera off. I probably know who you're talking said, about. Yeah. And then he said <laughs> when I camp when i did have my camera on he said um it's very distracting for what you're doing <laughs> and i said well, well that's why i leave my camera off right and yep. he said that's not the way we run the show <laughs> it's like a catch-22 wow. yeah you're damned if you do damned if you don't mm -hmm. exactly so he didn't invite me back oh wow he missed wow. out yeah. well yeah. it's not like i'm sharing a sh sharing a sad story it's just one of those catch-22s one of those conundrums yeah, exactly. It just yeah. your your style didn't work out for what he was trying to present. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm That's sad because cool. he missed out. All those people missed out on seeing something uh, awesome. In his worldview, he wasn't missing out on anything. He said, <laughs> "If you can't change what you're doing, I don't need to have you back on the show." Oh wow. <laughs> well, anyway, so those, for 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 the uh, audience who's listening, uh, I'll just leave it at that. You. Can <laughs> Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. So, Ed, uh, you are born and raised in New York, is that right? Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, I've always lived in New York State, yes. That is awesome. So, uh, what was it like for you just being a kid and growing up in New York? Yeah. I, uh, well, you know, <laughs> nothing terribly different from any other person. Um, we have four seasons. You guys only have one. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I've never experienced other seasons, so I can't I can't you know, speak to that. Yeah, when I when I used to travel out to California in my old consulting days, is uh, after a while I would get almost like seasonal depression because it would be mid January and all I would see was green, <laughs> no, no mountains. And uh, after a while, I was thinking, I was thinking, no, this is this is not fun. I want to, you know, no no hills, no mountains, no snow. Now, obviously, people in California go up to the Shasta Mountains to go skiing and see plenty of snow. But, uh, you know, that's the main difference here in New York. You know, it's nice to have the all four seasons and enjoy the fall. And when you get the couple of crisp, warm days, you really absorb it and enjoy it because they're very infrequent. Oh, wow. Wow. I, uh, I've never seen snow in my life. Really? Snow. Yeah. You haven't been I, in I haven't snow. been. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen it on TV. But yeah, I haven't like been in in snow, and I haven't like no, I, been like where it's actively snowing. Well, that's sad. That's too bad, Sam. I mean, I, I feel like people always tell me that I'm not missing much. It's just wet and cold. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> two things I can two things I can do without being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it depends on how you feel about it. If uh, you don't miss anything. Slipping and sliding in the snow, and after a while it gets a little old. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you're young and brave, you blast your car through all sorts of snowstorms because you wouldn't care. It's like yeah, I'm going to drive through the snowstorm and your windshield wipers are slapping away. Oh my God. You know, and then each 10, each 10 years of your life, as you get older, you go, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> and the older you are, the more you're angry about it, right? <laughs> you know, I know another difference, another New York, California difference. Um, now that it's coming to me um, about, let's see, I'll go like, uh, like 12 years ago, we had a tiny little tremor here, probably like something like a, like a 2.7. Oh, wow. It was, it, was, it was sustained. We felt it. It was like this. Like, but that was it. You're like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, all, all my California colleagues are, are laughing at, and, you know, we're explaining this and they're going, oh, wow. You actually felt some shaking? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, like, New Yorkers are when we say, oh, it's a little cold. You don't know cold. <laughs> like... <laughs> I uh, I used to work at hotels and I was working graveyard and in hotels there's a lot of people from out of state or whatever you know and uh, there was an earthquake and I didn't even feel it I didn't even realize there was I was sitting at the front desk and I didn't even realize there was an earthquake but the front desk phone was ringing off the hook everybody wanted to be the person to tell me that there was an earthquake (laughs) and I'm like oh well okay well this is California like we're prepared for it so you know, if anything happens, we'll be fine. And then, yeah, oh, yeah. there is yeah, this well, two... we get small tremors here now and then. Yeah. The same thing in Chicago. Um, actually, I remember that well. I was sitting in a conference room with a couple other folks and we couldn't figure out what it was. It sounded like, like someone was dropping an air conditioner on top of the roof. Wow. You know, we don't know where earthquakes. What do we know? Dang. That's crazy. Yes, but we survived. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> Live for another day. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. That's cool. So at what point did you uh become interested in stand up comedy? Mm. Oh, uh I don't know if there's any particular uh revelation. It just when I was a kid I always I always enjoyed just acting up uh in class, you know, if we were doing <laughs> something that that involved dramatic reading. I remember one time in second grade we're doing a, a like a reading circle and all the kids are reading their books like a typical second graders would is one word at a time. The grass is green. The dog plays in the grass. I like to play in the grass too. Where I was reading it uh, to kind of like almost dramatically. Oh, the grass is green. The dog likes playing in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, and I and I was realizing is oh this I can be entertaining. <laughs> that sounds so, adorable. You know, that, does sound, up, that does sound adorable. <laughs> yeah. So as I, as I grew up as a teenager, is uh, I always enjoyed just the both uh, cartoons and and uh, watching comedy on TV. So some of my favorite things when I was a kid, uh, as a young teen, is um, uh, Saturday Night Live. We got it late. Because the local station didn't have, didn't want to play it because they thought it it was a disruption to their late movie series. 
um, Second City TV, Monty Python. Yeah. And I loved, um, actually, my parents were surprised. I loved reading uh, Doonesbury back in those days. See, okay. I understood why I was cracking up on the couch reading it. But I loved uh, Trudeau's, uh, like, just razor sharp satire. Nice. So, That's yeah. one of the ones I, I didn't read because it seemed just too, like, too serious for me. I don't know. I just, I wasn't into that one. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The early, the early Doonesbury was just was very, very, very sharp and satiric, especially during the Nixon years. So those are the kind of things that uh, that always it cracked me up. And uh, and uh, then for a while, then um, I tried to do stand up when I was younger, but it was just really tough to to make any headway. So I stopped for a long, long time, and then finally picked it up, picked up again on it. Um, It'll be seven years ago now. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Did you do any of the characters when you were a kid? Like, did you start no. doing characters when you were very young? No, no, no. Because actually one learned lesson I have now after all these decades is, uh, uh, I guess I, I'm too much of a method actor, is I, I really get into then just being what, what I want to be on stage. And if, it, if it's just a regular person like I am, people think I'm serious. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> but if i if uh you know i can i can i can be oog son of og or um ancient baby boomer then it's almost like <laughs> a visual release it, it gives a it's a visual cue i should say it gives the audience a, an understanding as okay whatever the, he's saying is don't take it seriously mm-hmm. wow yeah. that's interesting yeah. so um yeah actually oog son of og started from it would be like seven years ago. I actually was doing just a really little, a silly bit called um, the uh, the Dawn of Comedy, thirty thousand BC. <laughs> and all it was was uh, you know just going walking up to the microphone, ape like, and going. Uh, uh, let's see how it starts. Uh, dating, Tuh. airline <laughs> food, Tuh. difference between man. And woman, me no like. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea, of course, is you know, in in primitive times, no one thought of a punchline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but again, I'll go back to the 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 struggle is if people are looking at it, they're they're waiting for a punchline. So when they don't hear any, they don't laugh. <laughs> There's no release. I love it. Wow, well, that's that's that is true though. But it was okay. really enlightening. Um, it was enlightening about. Well, I'll say like six years ago, I got the Steve Martin biography. Have you ever read that? No, no, no and, have not. Uh, and you're laughing. I think it's called. Um, one of the things he had he broke out uh, in the early chapters was his purposeful decision to do material where he's not going to do the traditional set up punchline but rather deliver things in an absurd way and let the audience decide when to laugh oh interesting right so he said of course and as i'm sharing relating my same story to you is he said that uh, that he had a lot of uh struggles and and quiet times on stage where people were just watching and wondering what what is he doing and when is he going to tell a joke but he said it was the, the purpose is, is to keep building the comic tension until the audience decides when to laugh. Wow. So, of course, 
Yeah. So of course he That's got crazy. better at, at his own craft doing that. But that was the that was the early Steve Martin from um, the the mid seventies. Oh he wow! Was, and that was before he was even famous. Right, and he's doing the kooky things on stage, and as an audience member, you were, you it was dawning on you that it is kooky, and you're laughing at it rather than waiting for a particular punchline. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Andy Kaufman took it to the, the nth degree, where yeah. he's not waiting for any laughs; he's just doing his thing, and eventually, you're laughing at his situation, what he's doing. First time I saw him on Saturday Night Live, I thought. They must have brought up some just like random person from the audience to just. <laughs> and I didn't laugh. I didn't think it was funny at all. He was just watching it going, this is dumb. All it is is this guy standing there playing a record player. <laughs> it took a while for me and like anyone else to realize, oh, okay, okay. You're, you're, you're He's setting it up so you're laughing at this whole scenario of this this guy who has no clue what he's doing playing a record player and, and pretending as if he's a uh, lip lip syncing to it. <laughs> wow. And that's what, that's what, you know, Oog son of Og was for me. Cause I was just laughing the entire time. Yeah. You were doing it. Right. 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 So Oog does, tr- has a little more uh, sharper craftsmanship, if you will, where <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of uh, like a reveal to the audience. But not in a not in a hokey ta-da sense, but rather is and then and then that just that pregnant pause. So the audience goes, Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Ideally laughs at it, of course. Yeah. Like you're the, right, uh, you've, seen, you've seen Uga do the uh, magic trick. That's, I, that's I had to have. I believe I have. Yeah, where he uh Oog demonstrates he's got a cookie and he's got a handkerchief and he covers the cookie with the handkerchief. And then he explains that he that he has to uh, say a magic word, and then he uh, he pantomimes that he has to do a complete three sixty. So as he does the three sixty and comes around, suddenly the cookie's gone. (laughs) 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 I don't think I've seen that. It's a visual gag. That sounds fun. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. So you said you got into comedy one one time and it didn't work out and you kind of stopped doing it for a long time. What was that experience like for you? Like, why did you decide to get into it at that point in your life? Why did I decide to get into it? The yeah. first time? Yeah. The first time. The oh, first time when, uh, you, when, you, when you felt like it didn't work out. I'm sorry. Let me understand the question you're saying. The first time, why did I get into it? Yeah, like why? Um, and then also, like, what was your experience like? Well, it was tough because it's still the same as now, but just I'm, I'm much more older and wiser about managing to it. But, you know, in the local scene is you just have a lot of folks who doing local comedy who just do the, the traditional observational humor about mm-hmm. kids, and dating, um, food and things they see in the street. And that's what what a local audience expects. If, it, if someone goes to an elk club to see a comedy show, they're going to see someone who does some jokes about dating wives and marriage and kids, and that kind of thing. So for me, you know, the kind of material I do, obviously doing it without any visuals to it. You know, when you're watching, for example, Ted, the impressionist, or even Oog, I would say is you're seeing what Ed did 20 years ago or so. 
but now he's wow. he's putting it into a context. He's there's a character behind it, whereas Ed just doing it plain by himself is it, people weren't getting it. So uh, one notorious time, I tell you a story. Then is a local comic called me and said he's got a gig that he can't do, so he's happy to give it to me. It's a paying gig. So I said, okay, that sounds good. He said, it's a, I have to say, phrase the way he said it. It's a beachwear fashion show. And you're going to be the oh. comedy. And I said, beachwear? And he said, yeah, you know, people will uh, fash, will, will show beachwear on the stage, you know, in between your, your act. Oh, wow. So I said, okay, I'll take it. So I show up. It's, it's, a, it's a local bar, which isn't too bad. But it's not a beachwear fashion show. It's a bikini <laughs> contest. Oh, oh that's much and here's different. Ed, here's Ed doing his, his wacky stuff, and they hate it. They're oh, throwing God. pennies at me. They're flicking cigarettes. They're going, Holy get shit. the fuck off the stage. And they're shouting like this, you, you suck. Get off the stage. <laughs> wow, they were literally throwing things at you? Oh, uh, lighted cigarettes, pennies, wow. um, rolled up wads of, uh, of uh, 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 you know, the paper you pull off a straw, the wadding yeah. it up and oh, chucking it. No. But oh, I could yeah, also, yeah. I, you were kind of also set up for failure because if people are going for a bikini contest, they don't want to see you. No offense. <laughs> yep. Tell me about it, Sam. It's too late now. <laughs> Get me a time machine so I can go back and say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I get off the stage. I did. I grind. I, if I was asked to do, I don't know, let's say like eight minutes, I, I grounded my, grinded my way through about like six and a half. So I go to the owner and I say, well, you know, I did. Uh, it wasn't that great, but I did what we asked me to. How about the money? And he looks at me like I asked him for his firstborn. He gives me this look like, what the hell are you talking about? So. I didn't get paid. <laughs> oh no! Wow. I was gonna say that was the only highlight. Oh, it was a horrible experience. So you know, yeah. every every comic's got to have at least one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's well, fine. I can see why you you think it didn't work out at that point for you. So you uh, kind of hit. Well, I'm just saying that that was that's an anecdotal experience, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just just a real struggle. And you know, after about seven years of doing it, and just and getting more and more broke is. I was realizing is there's no such there's no romance in being a starving artist. Nah, that's just, true. Nah, no, the room there is no romance there. Yeah, it's just all raw dog. I I moved on just just to do something different with my life. Well, you did it for seven years, and then you and you decided to stop doing it. So, yep. what what was the mindset for you to hit the pavement and get back into comedy? Yeah. Um, you know how people sometimes as a, as, as a creative, they only say something to the effect is I didn't choose my art. My art chose me. Yes. Or variations of that. It was very much the same thing. Um, I, I, I started really realizing that I could, I could do this again. And I felt less stress about it because the years had gone by and I thought, I just felt, yeah, I got to do this again because this is my, this is my uh, gestalt. This is what I love doing. And so, you know, I, I went back to the local open mic and I did the same material I did from, well, whatever it was, you know, uh, 
was 17 or 18 years before that. And it was fine. But I realized is, yeah, I could pick up where I left off and, uh, and do it again. So that's what I just uh, started to do. And, uh, and then, uh, as I said, uh, Oop was, Oop came out of that, that little bit that I did. I, and then I realized is it would work out if, if I could just care, just create a special theme with a particular character. So then Oop was the first and then, uh, Bronco Brad. Bronco Brad was, I just, there was a wooden horse in the corner of my little office here. And I thought, <laughs> Bronco Brad. <laughs> The children's TV cowboy that never never was famous, but somehow thinks he still is. I love it, though. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. And uh, let's see, who else? Uh, ancient Baby Boomer. Um, I was just thinking that it'd be funny that, um, you know, people of my age and era, you know, that uh, it's not too far long ago. The things that we knew or experienced, you know, 30 years ago, let's say, or 30, 40 years ago. But it's it, it's so ancient, like rotary telephones and i thought well play that up so it isn't as if that um there's a dramatic difference but just make it just tilt that absurdity just one more level beyond that so that was the ancient baby boomer wow and, uh, and then uh am i missing anybody <laughs> oh <laughs> one thing i haven't done lately is um and i don't know if i'll continue it is um <laughs> Um, Vladimir Lenin's Total Bolshevik. <laughs> okay. I like it. I enjoy it. It's because I just got this idea. Vladimir Lenin came back to life as a as a uh, Vegas comic. Hey, how are you doing? It's crazy. I tell you, crazy, crazy. I tell you. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, Sam. If either people don't know who Vladimir Lenin is, or and or they don't quite get why is Vladimir Lenin telling like shecky green type jokes (laughs) 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 but i i enjoy it it's fun it's like hey is it crazy i tell you crazy you know and and of course it's all really just really bad uh two-liners you know about the uh what was it like the one i the the earliest one the oh yeah i go to bar yeah i tell barton to make me a white russian he said okay take off that stupid uniform and tell me you love the czar hey you know I, you know what I think, you know what I think, Athena, Sam here is I don't, I don't think people know what, what, what right, white Russia refers to. So the joke doesn't really, it, it doesn't hit. Wow. You mean they don't know well, that the, the they're laugh, they're, they, they may be even laughing at, at what I'm doing, but they don't understand, really get the gist of it. Do you guys know what the white Russians were? Uh no, I no, I like, no, I just know the drink. See, I don't like, know. Yeah, see, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, should I why should I foist that on you? Uh, the white <laughs> Russians The White Russians were the remnants of the uh the, the, the Tsar and his government after the Bolsheviks took over. Oh, okay. Back during immediately after World War One from nineteen nineteen to nineteen twenty, it was an active civil war between the White Russia and and the Soviets. See, there's a, there's a, you know, you can't go to a comedy club and have someone explain that to you. Right? Yeah, you, you, exactly. Exactly. There's no, like, context portion of the comedy Well, so you see, when I say, make me a white Russian, <laughs> that's why the guy says, take off that stupid uniform and tell me you love the czar. Because you're a white Russian. Get it? Okay. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> So that so there's another example from your question you asked a few minutes ago, Sam, is 
Yeah, there, there's something that it, it's fun to do, but I don't. It's not. It doesn't really hit home. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. on your on your second run of comedy, you've definitely seen a lot more success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been in a bunch of comedy festivals. Do you have any fun stories or experience about some comedy festivals you went to? Um. Well, um, the most frequent one has been the um, Finger Lakes Comedy Festival, which is uh, in Ithaca. Um, the people who organize that have been uh, they've been gracious enough to invite me for now. So it's been like six years straight. Oh, um, wow. Actually, you know, I, the one thing that struck, it's fun. It really is just an unpaid showcase in front of fairly receptive audiences because people want to be there just to see a show. Um the one thing that strikes me is the first one I went to in 2016 is I met a bunch of folks who actually have now become much more uh, on the on the main circuits. And it's one of those things is, I don't know if I just didn't do enough networking or I wasn't memorable enough, but, you know, I watched their, their, their clips on TikTok and I think, oh, boy, eh, eh, they got they got far. <laughs> I'm still working on my 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 path. Uh, yeah, 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 they're. they're they're pretty much they're they're like they're like fun showcases. That's the way I can put it. Yeah, they're just yeah. organized to be in one single location. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely it definitely pads your your comedy resume a little bit, and it also helps with like um what's the word um networking. There we go, networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm recognizing now. That actually is the bigger value of yeah. the network rather than the performance. And actually, the irony is that, like with the with the Finger Lakes Festival, is that there's a, there's always a promise that they'll uh, video record your set. But of the six years that I've done it, it's only been one year that they've actually had a videographer. The rest of the time, they haven't been able to pull someone together, or they dropped out the last minute. Oh wow! Oh, um... oh I know. Actually, a fun story was last year, and almost again this year is I finally got to meet up with Luke Lindale. You're familiar with him? Yes. Yeah. So Luke and I, Luke's, Luke's very kind of a, a very, he's a very easygoing, chatty guy. He, he'll call, he's, he's done this where he calls me out of the blue and we'll talk for an hour. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to chat with him. It's just not like, I don't feel like his personal friend, but he's, he's very easygoing and conversational. So I know that if I ever want to go to Toronto to perform, I can hook up with Luke. Just that hell of a long trip to go to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a way that I, you know, I try to get down to the cities. I think about how I can leverage that into contacts. And I have, there's been a couple of folks that I've been doing Zooms with that I've gotten then to know personally going down to the city. Uh, If you're familiar with uh, Bruce Lipsky. Yes. Yeah. From Zoom and stuff. Bruce, uh, Helene Witt. Yep. um, Danny, Danny Rydell. Yep. Yeah. There's a couple of folks that I, Originally met through the Zooms, if you will, or worked side by side with them and then met in person down in the city. That's awesome. That's one of the things yeah. I really loved about Zoom is the ability to network with people you you normally wouldn't probably have networked with because they were all in their states, but now you're like all online. So it kind of made it a, a oh, more vast yeah. approach at networking. And I love that part about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if travel wasn't so damn expensive, it would be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have a, a, a standing offer from Sana Steven. I can come out to Tokyo whenever I want. 
Oh, wow. Nice. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. Like, but, you know, but it's, well, okay. Yeah. All right. And if I want to, you know, just uh, starve to death for the next year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, you know, you can make Why it. Why Tokyo? <laughs> and if the opportunity arises, you know who to call. Exactly. Well, yeah, indeed. Indeed. So that's the thing is it's almost like, a, you know, meeting folks from uh, international level was a real yeah. kick. Yeah. Yeah. One and thing, one thing about. Point of view that you would never meet them in real life. But but through the Zooms, you got uh, got to meet a whole bunch of people. Oh, uh, Peter Seidel is another one. Yep, you yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one thing about the, the networking during the pandemic, like, for example, uh, there's this guy in Texas who I became really good friends with, right? Would I have met yep. him without the pandemic? Probably. Would I have become as close to him? Probably not. Yeah. Are you yeah. talking about Al? No, uh, I, he's actually Al's roommate, uh, Cousin Berto. <laughs> oh, Cousin Berto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we became really good friends during the pandemic. Just, you know, oh, Zoom, Zoom hangouts yeah. and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. One of the most fun Zooms I, I had that I, and I miss is, um, oh, uh, the one that, that Al and Cousin Berto was on. Uh, Michelle, what's her name? Starts with a D. I'm is not it, sure. Michelle. Was it, was it Fail to Render? Could have been. Is she? Are we? Are you she, talking about? Are you talking about a different Al? Are you talking about Big Al Gonzalez? And Al Casalia. Okay, different. On, it's a different Al that I was thinking of then. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, Michelle. Um, I think it was on Monday nights, and it was a really fun mic that she had. And um, but once the pandemic lifted, she didn't want to do the zooms anymore. But she she offered that she has live shows. But again, it's in Texas. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that'd, be, yeah, that'd be great if I could just have unlimited wealth. I could travel. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream. Someday, right? So now, now I know better. Next time there's a pandemic, I'm going to focus on the Zooms that emanate from New York City and Boston. <laughs> that's smart. That's smart. Then that way, those people will book you when the pandemic is over and you'll be close well, to home. Yeah, that's <laughs> more networking. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Uh, so, Ed, are you do you have anything uh, coming up? Anything? Any projects in the works? Anything like that? Oh, let's see. Uh, current, well, right now, the most immediate one is that uh, I got a submittal accepted an invitation to do what's called the New York City Talent Show, which Ooh. is this really goofy, offbeat uh, showcase. So I got invited to do that this coming Tuesday night. Oh, then, congratulations. Uh, That's right. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, it's almost like a booked mic, if you will. Yeah. So I don't want to okay. undersell it or oversell it. It, it. It's, but it is by invitation. And then Elaine Witt invited me to do the comic strip again yeah. this coming Thursday, which again is, a, is like an early uh, show. Uh what else? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Well, right now that I've done a couple of um, hour plus um, one man show called Coop Comedy. And what I'd like to do is then package that and market it so that uh, then I can actually just set up my own booking, if you will, that way through s- small venues. Yeah. So yeah. I've done a, let's see, um, one, two, three. Yeah, three of those so far, and they've been pretty successful. W- whether it's by myself or if I have a like a guest, I call him a guest performer, not really a host, but someone who can 
do like five minutes in between sets. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you kind of change and get ready for the next scene or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So our wow. most recent was, um, let's see, that was uh, t- uh, last Saturday, right, at the uh, venue up in uh, Glens Falls, north of here. Nice, and nice. That's that cool. That actually lasted two hours. If anything, I got to be careful and make sure I can edit it. You know, because after about an hour and a half, people can, you know, people and people's energy wears out. Yeah. So yeah. it's great because I'm I'm bringing in effect four different performers in the hour and a half show, but you only have to pay one guy. So yeah, I always think of it like this is a way to to book real cheap. Yeah. Nice, nice, and that's a pretty big deal doing your your one man hour-long show that's awesome any aspirations any aspirations to like film it and put it online or like as a special or something uh no that'd be more no no that that, that's more of a a, like a dream thing the the more practical approach is what venues can i can i pitch it to yeah how do i stream it so that it becomes manageable to set up break down and perform so it's really just working through logistics but if you know but indeed if you know if it if it seemed like that would be an opportunity to do more with it, sure. But I'm happy just even to do club events. You know, it's yeah. a matter of just breaking into that next breaking into that next tier. That's the that's the tough part. As you know, familiar with comedy, the comedy world is like a, is like a, a very wide, flat pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people at the bottom, and then there's a there's a there's a little less more on the next level on the level beyond that. But get to that peak you know, four or five stages, it takes a long while to get through that oh, level yeah. of uh, just the sheer number of people in the, the comedy world. So I always feel kind of like the, whenever I see these posts where people post for uh, comedy classes, hey, did you ever think about being a comedian for $120 in six weeks? I can show you how. And I always <laughs> think, yeah, like we need like, I need another one. <laughs> so, yeah. right aren't there enough of comedians it's not enough that i not enough that i have to sign up and be number 28 in a 32 person mic you know i, I really like to bump it up to 40 <laughs> yeah, yeah have you ever started on parking you, ever, you guys you guys have done that haven't you what's yeah. that just you go to like a major comedy club that has like a once a month open mic and, oh and yeah and you're at the bottom of the 30, list 30 people 35 people signed up yeah, no, we have uh, our <laughs> our local comedy club has an open mic. That's a lottery. That's how many people sign up. Oh, well, that's good. Now, yeah. can you sign up the lottery ahead of time? Um, I mean, you have to be there to, if your name There's gets no drawn. Pre-signs. There's no pre uh, right. so You get there, so you, you sign up, time. and then you 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 know you have to buy two drinks still and whatever, whatever. Yeah, but there's no guarantee that there's you, no guarantee to get on stage. No, but one thing that they do is they list off. Uh, the next three, like the next three comics, are these people? Just so you kind of know if you're if you're in the next three, and they'll say these are the last names, and then they, you know, if you don't, you can leave at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's such a grind, but that there's demand. That's just it. If it was only five people showing up, they wouldn't do that. Right, right, oh, exactly. Sure. They know All that they five get people would go people up showing up with at least one guest each, so you fill the room. Uh, you know, with all these people, uh, you know, who have a dollar and a dream. Yeah, who may not go up? They're just buying drinks. Yep. Right. right. <laughs> awesome. So I, awesome. I avoid those to a large degree. Yeah. That, me too. Uh, the, the the lottery ones that's bad enough, but the ones um uh, oh you, you, they pull the name out of the hat. Yeah. Which would be okay if it was a finite number of slots. Let's say like twenty. 
and you're there for an hour and a half. But I've gone to ones down in the city where they have, I don't know, 30 or 35 slots. And you have no clue, of course, because your name's in the hat. Dang. You could be first, you could be 10th, you could be last. And it's such a drag to sit through two hours, just you know, person after person. So it's tough. I, I'm, I've stopped... <laughs> I've realized that it's it's time to stop doing those type of mics because it's I've equated it to the idea of trying to build a house one hour a day at a time. Yes, the house will eventually get built, but you'll be dead or before it <laughs> everything together. And, and it's the same way trying to do five minute open mics. It's just not worth it. You know, you're starting yeah. off. Yeah, you can be bad and you can sit through it, but after a while, you got to just be more. Um, what do you? What's what's the term? What's the term for be more time efficient? Level up. You got to be more effective be, with your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's smarter. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. open mics are like that. Some open mics are good. You know, you probably have a couple like that in your. Yeah, there's some that we go to and some we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some that they, they may be like in a, in a smaller venue, but there's only, say, 12 people that show up, Yeah, and, uh, which is good. You know, and then the other hand is we talked about, you know, the major comedy clubs, which we have here the same way, is they have a cutoff at uh, 25 people. And so when 35 show up in a line is you have to wait in line until they do a shutout. And then there you go. And then you're committed. You've already spent two hours standing in line. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So... And obviously, it would be much more easier if they wanted to is to have like an online sign up and then do a lottery. Because right? okay. Yeah, oh. you're right about that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so I, I put my name in and then I get it. If it's a six o'clock mic, I get a notification by five o'clock that I wasn't picked. Okay, great. I've got the rest of my evening free. Yeah. But they'd rather you be there buying drinks. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, life. Life is a business, Ed. Life is a business. You know it, brother. Speaking of business, um, thank you for joining us very much. Yeah. It was super fun talking to you. Oh yeah, this was a fun conversation. I uh, I always feel funny with these interviews is that I don't want to dominate the conversation too much. So I try to turn the tables around and ask you guys questions. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. We 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 like you to dominate though too because you know we're here to find out about you. Yeah, we want to hear your stories, <laughs> your boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you want to you want to promote your business and plug your social media? Oh, let's see. Well, you know what? I'm always appreciative if people would like to go on my YouTube channel and see my different playlists. I have different playlists for um, Oog or Ancient Baby Boomer. Nice. And then I've got some fun playlists of uh, of classic funny commercials and um, cl- I would call it classic comedy to watch. And then what was the other one? Um, oh, funny! Oh, great humorous music videos like oh. uh, like uh, like uh, Julie Brown. You know, um, Julie Brown. Um, oh. Uh, hold on. Let me think for a moment because I'm a blonde, and uh, you know that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you ever see the movie um, Earth Girls Are Easy? Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Remember when Julie Brown does the beach scene? Yep. Because I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One. Oh, Girl Fight Tonight, which is great. So I've got that on the playlist. So if you come to the Ed Smythe, uh, you can look up Ed Smythe on YouTube, and uh, you come to the playlist. I've got all sorts of fun things. You can spend 
half an evening just watching funny videos. Awesome. That is awesome. So, I, I, I know I look. I've tagged as well as my own clips. Okay, sweet. I know I looked yeah. you up before, like when we were deep in the pandemic, but it's been a while. So I'll go ahead and check out your YouTube page and check out your playlist and see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like that, fun. That, so if someone does that based on my recommendation, I'm pleased. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, you yeah, can find... Oh, go ahead. I'm still not a social media... Uh, well, I should say I'm still a social media neophyte. I've been putting a little <laughs> couple of clips on um, TikTok and on Reddit, but it's been hit or miss. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. Which is fine. I'm experimenting. I'm seeing what, what works. Hell yeah. Oops, exactly. Who well. seems to hit well on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Ted the impressionist, not so much. Oh, interesting. Everybody yeah, it's hit or miss. You never know. Something stupid things go viral. Yeah. And great spelling, <laughs> great works. And people just don't care for. That's why Van Gogh was starving to death, right? Yep. <laughs> people go, what is this crap? <laughs> I'll buy one. I'll put it it up in my bathroom. All right. Yeah. Here's 10 bucks. And now he's like the most famous one of all time. paint stars correctly. What's going on? Look at him. Look at him trying to paint flowers. It's a bunch of mishmash. It's like a a second grader did it. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Exactly. Uh, You can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I am at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Good talking with you guys. I hope I'll see you in another Zoom. Heck yeah. Show down the road soon. Yeah, I hope so too.